welcome to part two of the Warriors Marriage. Today it is called Weapons of Mass Destruction. How to manage conflict in your most important relationships. So today being the second part of this series, I gotta say, you're probably here at the beginning not gonna like it overly much. Well, I mean, you're not going to like it at first, but I have to shove a few things down your resistant throats for just a second. All right, probably going to be more like a minute or two, but I promise you're going to want to hang in there because it's it's the mismanagement of conflict that causes your marriage to derail and to fall off the track. No, nay, I say crash off the tracks. But before I get in to this first kind of shove it down your throat message that you're not going to like, and you're going to want to turn off this podcast, and you're going to want to just ignore it. And you're like, well, I don't have the time for this today. I'm already stressed out with everything going on. Hang in there. I promise you won't regret it. But go to smalleyinstitute.com, figure out what virtual coaching program we have that can help you immediately. This stuff is powerful. We have Uh, shorter three-hour versions. We've got full two-day intensives, even three-day intensives, all done from the comfort of your own home, your bedroom, your living room, kitchen, backyard. I did one where they were in their backyard, and I was upset the whole time because the lake that they lived on was in the background. So virtual coaching can make a difference if you're feeling stuck, if you're really struggling. Check that out at smalleyinstitute.com, and you might want to register for my August 7th free live online webinar, educational comedy for couples, because learning doesn't have to be boring. So check all that stuff out at smalleyinstitute.com. So what's this first thing that I'm going to have to shove down your throats? Well, here's the truth. Pain is a good thing. That's right, T-H-A-N-G. I think for many of us, we spend our lives avoiding pain. I mean, nobody wants pain, but I think here at the beginning that we have to start recognizing pain is not a bad thing. It's not something that you want to avoid. And most of us are avoiding pain because you know, no one likes it. And it sort of seems logical that if something is causing me pain, I need to run. I need to run away. And, and we run away in different, in different uh, formats, right? So some of us run away by shutting down to avoid pain. Some of us run away from pain by being angry. And so we don't like something that's happening. And so, whoa, I'm in danger or this is painful. So I need to lash out. I need to get back at them. But pain is a good thing. For one, you can't know pleasure without pain. In your relationship, You're missing out on a significantly deeper level of intimacy with each other when you avoid pain. I've spent the majority of 25 years in my marriage avoiding pain. In fact, just, you know, as I've learned this and really started applying it to my own relationship, a few weeks ago, I had to have a painful conversation. It wasn't anything bad about my wife, but in the past, I'd get all nervous and anxious and then just eventually go, you know, stick my head in the sand and hope, hey, this will go away. If I just pretend I'm not irritated or bothered, or if I just pretend that this conversation isn't going to go badly, or or I convince myself not to have the conversation because I believe it's going to go poorly. 
even when things go poorly, that's not the ultimate end to your experience with a spouse, with someone you love, with a child, with a family member. It actually is something that can drive the two of you into a better, deeper, more intimate relationship. So it's good because you can't know pleasure without pain, period. If you never allow yourself to feel the pain, well, then how would you even know what pleasure is? Relief from pain brings pleasure. So there are studies that show when relief arrives, and it will, by the way, pain is not going to last. Pleasure is experienced even more than before you were experiencing the pain. We bond through pain. This is one of my father's funniest things that people love to hear, and they would love his stories over and over and over again. Unfortunately, those stories usually ended up with myself falling into and experiencing a great deal of physical pain, but you bond through pain. So, you know, he's, people love his camping stories and he'd be like, look, if you want to have a closer family, go camping. Why would that help you have a closer family? Because inevitably on your camping trip, somebody is going to have something happen to them. You guys are going to experience pain either physically or emotionally because you're cramped together in a tent or you're in a camper for a long drive and you know, nerves get tense and things happen or your son climbs up a, a remnants of a burnt tree in a forest in Northern California and falls about 12 feet and hits a, hits a limb right before he hits the ground. And, you know, if you're watching this video, you'll see what my fingers are doing and where the limb ultimately hit me. So sliced me right open. That was a lovely experience getting smacked and falling on a burnt limb that cut me in that very special private place. So we bond through pain. And also pain gives you permission to reward yourself. Here's a great quote from Amy Morin. There's a reason a cold beer tastes better after you've mowed the lawn or a hot chocolate tastes better after you've shoveled the driveway. Enduring pain actually makes you enjoy your rewards more. When you have worked out or completed some other difficult task, you are more likely to give yourself permission to enjoy a reward. Not only will you then feel less guilty over splurging, but your senses will be heightened and you'll actually appreciate the reward more. Thank you, Amy Morn from Psychology Today. And then lastly, the reward of pain is that it gets your attention. It's that warning light on your dashboard of your soul for your relationships. It's like warning, warning, warning. You're experiencing pain. There's probably something here you need to deal with because it gets your attention by bringing you back to the here and now. And we know that staying present is, is what's going to help you not freak out and create all sorts of depression about your past. And it's going to help you not experience all this anxiety because you're freaking out about your potential future that hasn't even happened, right? It's not only meditation and mindfulness or yoga that's going to ground you in the present pain grounds you in the present as well but and here's the crux of today but how you manage the pain in conflict matters so pain isn't going to be a good thing if you avoid it and it's not going to be a good thing if you respond or react to it poorly so if you're going to manage your conflict, if you're going to manage the pain, which that's where much of the pain is in a relationship, 
is how that spouse, that partner, that loved one, that person that is really important to you. It's when you're reacting in a poor way or they are reacting in a poor way. Pain is sort of bad because it leads to more unresolved pain and and things aren't going to come to a good place in your relationship. So you can't react poorly. You can't be freaking out because of it. You can't be shutting down because of it. You can't be lashing back like, oh, you bring me pain. I'm going to bring you pain. You get me upset. I'm going to get you upset. You can't react by believing the worst. Like, hey, this person intentionally woke up today to destroy me. No, that's not true. <laughs> well, I guess it would be true if you married someone evil. So if you were the spouse of Stalin or Hitler, Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, one of those horrible mob bosses in the 30s and 40s in New York City, gangs of New York would show you that, right? Yeah, they're they're probably waking up literally trying to destroy your very existence. But for the mass majority of us, we just marry a wonderfully dysfunctional fallen, normally messed up individuals who are not waking up to, you know, with thoughts and plans and strategies to destroy your life. So if you're going to manage the pain, if you're going to manage the conflict in a healthy way, it comes down to one word. And I say this a lot, and I'm going to keep saying it until you flip and believe me and start doing it and, and experience the benefits of this advice. But if you're going to manage it well, if you're going to manage the hurt, the conflict, the pain in a way that's going to bring you closer together, then you have to begin taking responsibility for your life and react in kindness. Kindness is the solution. That's why a relationship with Jesus Christ is so important, because when it really hurts, when you're really in pain, when you're really struggling, when you're really feeling disconnected and controlled, and you're feeling like a total abject failure in your relationships, that's the time it's hardest to react in the way that's going to bring the two of you closer together, which is kind. It's hard to do it when it's when it's hurtful, when it's painful. And that's why that relationship with Christ matters, because it's through Christ that you're going to have the power. It's not going to be through your ability. It's going to be through the power that Christ gives you by, you know, when you're a disciple, he indwells you. And so he gives you the strength. He gives you the energy. He gives you the kindness, the patience, the endurance. That's where it comes from. Albert Schweitzer, who was the Nobel Peace Prize award winner in 1952 said this, constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness causes misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate. So if those are the kind of things that are occurring in your most important relationships, trust me, you want to get rid of that stuff, you want to melt that stuff away, then begin reacting kindly to the person who isn't being very kind and you know another really famous man who also should have worn uh worn who should have won a nobel peace prize that's a hard one for me to say by the way nobel peace prize a winner a winner eh, I'll keep trying but another guy that was really that's really been known for peace is jesus and what jesus tells you is that you already know what kindness looks like. So you might be listening to me, well, yeah, but how can I be kind? Just think for a second. What do you wish that person was doing for you in that moment? What do you wish people were doing for you? So you already know how 
knows what it looks like to be kind and how to react in the right way. The question is, are you brave enough? Are you a warrior enough to actually do what you wish they were doing for you?